Hey everyone, Quincy here. Wanted to say thank you for catching this replay of the hashtag Ask a Soccer Pro show on your audio platform of choice. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also learn more and enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash PSTM to enter to win for free today. Thanks again and enjoy today's episode. Two, we crashed the system. Listen, we crashed. It's too much. It's too much. It's too much knowledge that we were dropping there. There's too much information we were just dropping in too short of time. Instagram couldn't handle it, and we crashed the system. It is what it is. Pogba Jr., uh, Benjamin. I know you guys have been here before. Happened in the past. Exactly. Exactly. That's what we do out here. We're dropping knowledge every day. Yo, what's good, bro? What's good, man? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, many of uh, many of our followers and fans, we've 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 had these Instagram issues and glitches in the past. It's typically because we're just dropping too much too much knowledge, <laughs> too quick. That's what's going on, right? right. Too much updates for the system. Uh, <laughs> but here, I will. Uh, let me. I'll, uh, I'll go. I'll go through the intro again, just for those who are tuning in because uh so we save it for the whole episode we'll we'll share your bio and then we'll get we'll get into it right so uh uh, guys if you got questions make sure you start dropping them in the question box here i'll go through our intro again round two i'll give the background here on nico and we'll uh we'll get into the the show so again welcome everyone to another episode of the hashtag ask soccer show i'm your host 13 year pro mls cup champion mls comeback player of the year uc davis hall of fame member black players for change founder nft collector aka the first pro player in the metaverse current oakland roots forward and msl coach quincy ameriquois you might be asking yourself what is the msl that's what we're here to discuss and break down every thursday 6 p.m pst 9 p.m est live on the instagram account here at perfect soccer the mental strength league AKA I'm in your head. And those of you who are down in the MSL, please drop your I'm in your head emojis, show your love, and uh, welcome everyone to the channel. For those of you who are just now tuning tuning into this hashtag frequency, uh, the MSL is a game of mental 40 chess, one where you're either aware and an active participant or a pawn in the game steady getting played. Simply put, the MSL is a mindset you need to accomplish your goals. Now, why should you have this mindset so you can learn how to learn? Why learn how to learn so you can know how and when you are stopping yourself from achieving your goals and what to do about it? When does this mindset start? The moment you decide to take personal responsibility for where you are, even if where you are isn't your fault, and put forth a plan to learn what you need to to continue forward. So if you're ready for today's episode and for me to introduce today's special guest, I'm going to need you guys to spam that heart button uh, and drop below what you are excited about for today's episode. And while everybody is doing that... I'd like to take a moment to introduce today's guest, Nico Hansen. Uh, Nico is currently a player for Minnesota United FC, a five-year MLS pro, having previously played for Columbus Crew Soccer Club and the Houston Dynamo and Houston Dynamo FC. 
uh, University of New Mexico alum with a bachelor's of science in psychology, which is good. That's going to be, that's good. We're going to get into that. Today. It's here, it's here, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, minor in biology, uh, dual citizen of Denmark and the U.S., uh, BPC member, Black Players for Change member, uh, and founder of 3E Soccer, a future endeavor to cultivate aspiring pro soccer players. Idolized Ronaldinho growing up for his evident joy of the game, uh, pursuing physical, mental, and spiritual growth day to live out this dream as long as possible. Crypto enthusiast, so we already saw one of those questions come in, yep. right? Avid rock climber and nature fanatic. And a uh, fun piece of information, Nico was also on Perfect Soccer Podcast episode 26. So for those of you who have been down in the Perfect Soccer uh, community for some time, you've had a chance to listen a little bit to your origin story and how you got to the professional level. Uh, but those who are unaware uh, can also check out that story as well, too. Um, today, we are going to really get into the mental aspect of it, how you think the game, how you think life and how you bring all of these different aspects of yourself into your persona on and off the field. So, um, yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited to have you. Thanks so much for joining. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, how would you – would you like to maybe share a little bit of background, anything that we left out that you want to shout out, uh, direction you want to take this? Because it's the, the – I want to leave it to the, the, the one who has the degree in psychology. <laughs> yeah right no um thanks for having me man um been excited to see in your bio too i was like oh we're gonna have some good conversation i feel like get into a lot of good things but no man i'm just excited to be here and whatever uh, whatever you want to start we can start all over the place i guess it's uh it's an open book here okay though okay so let's start it off with the we'll start off with the what's been considered the future but is currently the present and that is crypto. I saw that you've got your crypto enthusiast. That seems to be the hot topic of everything, which is NFTs, right? And the very first question that came in from the audience was, uh, what does Nico think about the future of crypto? So maybe we could, we could start there, uh, bring a little context to it. And then what I like to do is tie everything back to how it relates to a lesson or an experience we had on the soccer field. Um, uh, yeah, so let's, there you go. That's the first question of, from the audience. I think starting off for me, it's been just about just recently got into it about probably about six months, seven months. Um, but just trying to like absorb as much as possible. Um, and it's just insane how early this still is, even though it's been around for 10 plus years now, for sure. Bitcoin has, I know Ethereum has been just hit 10 years, I think. Um, but like, it's insane. The NFT market now, I'm still trying to, this is where I got to talk to you about it because I've obviously done my research on it, but it's still a, it's still a whole, it's a whole different world. It's a whole different world. And, um, but there, I see a lot of potential and I think that's why I'm enthusiastic about it. And I'm excited to see like being in an early market of it. Um, especially with, you know, if you look to like 20, 30 years ago when, you know, the stock market wasn't as readily available to, the public as it was as it is now um especially after the pandemic i think robin hood really brought a lot of i think people being bored at home kind of wanted to find something else to do um so i think yeah i think um i want to i want to pick your brain on some of the nft stuff as well i did say i actually saw your little video about your first uh minting the first thing and getting that uploaded and stuff i, I want to ask your experience about that as well 
Okay. No, I like that. Okay. So then let's, uh, I like that. Let's wrap that all into an NFT. Hopefully this episode will be wrapped up in <laughs> NFT one day. Yeah, there we right. go. Okay. And we'll, we'll tie what I'm seeing in the, the crypto markets and space and the NFT space relative to my soccer career and let's say being early in on that and your career being early in on that, right? So um, on our, we, we actually just got down to Orange County because uh, we, we've got our game here for the second round of the playoffs on Saturday. And on the flight back, I, I re-listened to your episode, episode 26 of the Perfect Soccer Podcast, right? And uh, many of the things that you had spoke to about being uh, uh, avid and enthusiast for learning things that you're passionate about and you, you want to learn, and then maybe not as uh, not as uh, engaged in things that you don't care as much about, right? right? right. I think many players, many people experience, uh, experience the same, right? So from... From the angle of your thirst for wanting to learn new things and uh, what resonates with you and sparks your interest to want to get involved, um, what are some parallels that you've seen that drew you to the game of, of soccer that is that is drawing you to the, the, the crypto NFT space right now? Um, so I think first... Yeah, I think the kind of like you're saying, I, I get very engaged. And it's it's funny that that's what I said in the podcast, because it's very true. Um, I get very engaged in things I care about and things that I like to know about. Um, and I think as you learn, there's even things I've wanted to learn and, and get to know um, that maybe five down five months down the road, I don't care about anymore. Because I was like, yeah, like I got, like I really got into it, but like I noticed that this wasn't for me and I moved on from it. Um, and I think kind of like how that parallels into soccer and, and growing up with that is it's the same thing in terms of wanting to kind of like grasp every aspect of football, um, whether it be, you know, diet, exercise, mentality for sure, um, outside of soccer as well. Um, and I think kind of like how that like even how like that kind of connects now to being an enthusiast about crypto, I think it kind of sets you up and like teaches you skills of life you know you're learning skills for soccer whether it be dribbling passing shooting finishing whatever it may be it's like same for life if you're learning skills that are going to be beneficial to your career or to your life got it okay and then okay one thing you you mentioned and spoke to in the episode as well was um, uh, being multi-dimensional Right. And one thing I think you, you'd mentioned something that most people think is true that you believe isn't um, uh, was in alignment with um, not only just being a football player, because that's not true. Like even the, someone who just thinks of football isn't just a football player. Right. There's there's other things outside the game. Uh, diversify your your skill sets, your hobbies, and also have something that, you know, isn't football related. Right. Um, how in creating a creating kind of that separation so you can approach it from multiple angles, right? What is something? Uh, and I appreciate I appreciate this context because what we talk about here is we go we go mind mapping with the with our conversation yeah. so we can so we can set some some framework so everyone across all industries across all interests can pull or bring something of value out of the conversation, right? There's right. There, there's so much. 
there's so much depth and experience just it, for you as an individual through the, the time you've gone through life, right? The time I've gone through life, the time that each member who's been on, who's on this uh, live in this moment has been through life, right? And there's aspects and angles that interest us, don't interest us, but through those lessons you learn through life, you can take away some things of value, right? So it's making every aspect of life relatable across industries, across platforms, across, you know, uh, across the game yeah. on and off the field, right? So um, speaking to the NFT space and the non-fungible token aspect, right? There, there can never be a duplicate, right? That you can make yeah. a copy, but it can't be yeah. the same copy time and space, right? right? So you are, for the sake of, let's say, this conversation and bringing it all together, an yeah. NFT, right? I am an NFT. We're non-fungible token, right? We can learn, we can expand, we, we grow over time, yeah. but there's, there's only one of you and your experience is unique to yourself and who you are in this moment isn't who you are in the next moment because that next moment of you has new information that the previous moment didn't or vice versa, right? Yeah. So, okay, with, with relation to that, and knowing yourself, because we talk about self-awareness a lot here mm -hmm. on the platform, right? The three S's of self-awareness, self-honesty, self-initiative, self-accountability. I think you really spoke to uh, self-honesty as well as self-awareness of saying, you know, sometimes I, I can get all in, all on board, five, six months, I'm all about it, and then I'm on to the next, right? Kind of sh yeah. shiny object syndrome. We all, we all fall for that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> clearly, you did not fall for that with with relation to football right to soccer yeah you stuck that through through the times where you loved it and the times you hated it yeah right so what's the difference between you know the other things that you might fall in love with for a little bit like fall in let's let's say fall in lust with right yeah, yeah. The honeymoon, right the yeah. honeymoon effect and 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 what's the difference between fallen in love with football because even when you hate it and it's worse and it's terrible you keep going you stick to it you're not moving on to the next so maybe help kind of set some framework for that yeah i mean i think kind of the initial thing i thought about was i think it was malcolm gladwell's book Ten Thousand hours and i think a lot of the times when you get into a skill um before it kind of becomes i guess you could say a habit i guess football is not really a habit but before it kind of becomes an ingrained skill you have to put in a lot of hours into it. Um, and I think kind of that was my first thought with that is like football was joy and passion at first. And then it just kind of played and played. And I think I just continued to really, and like, I think it just came out of happiness and it came out of fulfillment. Um, and a lot of the times that can come. So like kind of relating it to the things off the field is kind of the fulfillment factor, maybe. So like the happiness and joy initial joy kind of is there and then like the fulfillment factor of it is like all right like this isn't really in the cards for me or this is you know something that i'm not that's not really fulfilling my life versus it making me happy um which i would say are two different things um and i think maybe that's that's seen more in terms of anybody like you were saying how this relates to everybody is maybe that's seen more present versus future i think in the present you can find things that make you happy in the present but maybe things that give you fulfillment are things that 
you can look for in the future that are also going to also make you happy if that if that makes sense give you that fulfillment or content of life essentially yeah i got it so okay so kind of packaging that up into sustainability yeah so what's something that's going to uh bring you happiness or fulfillment now mm. and later so so i guess in in terms of you know from the professional sports lens and starting there and building out it's you understand you understand or typically professional athletes understand the word sacrifice i think in a different context and way than the most uh people right uh mainly because in order to get to a certain level of professionalism there's a certain level of habits and discipline you have to um get to create or maintain right now there's the outliers uh, like you'd mentioned uh gladwell yep. right yep. who are so naturally inclined and gifted that uh, that natural talent is going to innately be inertia that gets them there right, right? right. um but the mass majority of individuals that's not the case right you have an aspect that you are maybe that sets you apart but you still have to develop your skills um or develop framework or or uh other aspects that can make up for where you might be lacking right um i think to elaborate on that quincy too kind of was thinking about it it's like same thing when you're maybe when you're younger you do a lot of different sports you do you know football baseball basketball and like then you kind of start to realize as you get older and you start to play more it's like all right maybe i don't want to do baseball basketball like maybe i'm just a good baseballer or maybe i'm just a good footballer or maybe i'm just good at soccer i'm just gonna stick with that one thing and i think kind of the same in terms of yeah i guess you could say investing because that's a lot of the why people are into crypto obviously is an investment you know there's tons of different types of investments out there there's stocks there's real estate there's um bonds there's businesses owning businesses being an entrepreneur um so i think kind of like between all of that so like both when you're young and being sports related versus when you're older and maybe trying to find those things it's like there are so many options that you don't have to be you don't have to be uh um a prof i guess knowledgeable or professional in the sense on all of the things it can kind of like maybe life kind of leads you towards one direction and you start to just be like all right like there's one thing i like and there's one thing i know about and i'm gonna stick to that you know because even there's subcategories in each of in the stock market there's subcategories of things that are possible crypto real estate real estate's got so many subcategories so um i think it's just choosing what resonates with you at that point and sometimes it like sometimes it chooses you almost like it just starts to kind of be things that like oh i like i like that idea and it seems to work for me so i'm going to keep with it got it. no i follow okay i follow and i think um I think what we try to do to the best of our ability here, right, is to acknowledge and showcase and present all the many different directions, angles, right, subcategories, industries. It's almost overwhelming, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, paralysis by overanalysis, right? Like there's just too many options, too many things, and and then that results in for most people in procrastination, mm -hmm. right? Like, uh, let me there's too many options so i don't know what to do right so uh one thing we we speak a lot to here is look whether you believe yourself to be an investor or not you are because you have a resource a very precious valuable resource uh that we all equally have and start with um, we all equally don't know how much of it we're going to have and how long we're going to have it for and that's your time right when yeah. we wake up 
the morning, we, we believe, right? We believe we're going to have 24 hours in that day, right? So we all, regardless of what your background is, where you come from, if you have money in your bank account or not, you understand crypto or you don't. Um, uh, if you're lucky, and if we're all lucky, and I believe that's the only luck that we have, we get that full 24 hours in the day, yeah. right? So where are you investing that time? Or are you just spending it, right, frivolously? And it's becoming an, an expense that when you look back on in life, uh, you're not very happy with the decisions or choices you made of where, where to invest that, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, um, I definitely align and agree with you with relation to sometimes it's a matter of start out investing your time in things that resonate with you, what piques your interest, what sparks um, curiosity. And if you're not able to even find that or figure that out, then invest your time in uh, processes, books, people who focus in on helping you uh, find that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, I, 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 uh, I like that. Uh, so with, okay. So with where you're currently at, I see, and I see that you are the founder of three e-soccer, right. And you're, you're cultivating a lot of things. Um, um, I've gathered that you are an entrepreneur in many ways. Um, what have you found to be, um, most, I guess, most frustrating in the process or where, where are you feeling you're needing, uh, what, what are you needing? Are you need more time? You're needing more knowledge. You need more experience. Like where are you at kind of in your, in your journey and process? Um, no, I think, I think that's, that's a good way of putting it. Do I need more time? Do you need more, you know, investment? Do you need more? I think with, for example, with three is something that has kind of been come and go as well um, because of the time involvement. Um, and it is kind of a, I mean, I have a website and everything for it. It's something that is like when I say a future endeavor of cultivating aspiring pro soccer players, it's, it's, it's something I look for. I basically, it's, it's a way to use all my, as you said, an NFT, use all my experiences in terms of, you know, how I trained, uh, the things that I did growing up, um, the things I've learned um, from coaches, players, like even other teams, um, and kind of like trying to bottle that up into the Nico experience, I guess, um, and how I would, and how I would see, I guess, youth training uh, development going. Um, and so that's kind of like what the three soccer is and the three mentality are kind of um, have a similar kind of structure to you as well. Like three mentalities, effort, energy, and enthusiasm. And like, those are the three things that I came with a lot growing up and, and, before I was pro and while I'm pro also the things that I see that I utilize. And yeah, so I think, but when I say a future endeavor, it's, it's tough right now in my current time, 24 hours to both incorporate training, taking care of myself, um, being a, um, fiance, future husband, um, taking care of our dog, like family in the future, things like that. It's like, there's not enough time for me also getting enough sleep, <laughs> yep. um, doing research, you know, getting out in nature, getting, you know, taking care of myself, as I said. Um, so time is the, I guess the, the missing piece that I need to take that next step forward in that endeavor, for example. Ah, got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I appreciate, I appreciate you sharing that. 
because uh, uh, the culture that we built here and the thing we speak a lot to is radical transparency, right? That's what results from the seven step miracle process, the first three steps being the three step, uh, three S's of self-awareness, which I mentioned. So it's, it's so cool to hear that you've got, you know, uh, you said work, uh, enthusiasm, and what were the three? Energy, effort, enthusiasm. Three, three E's. It's almost like three E. Yeah. Yeah. The three yeah, E's. Yeah, yeah. Effort, enthusiasm. I love that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, so one, uh, one of the resources that we we developed and created, and everyone here who's listening and now and in the future on the replay can head over to perfectsoccerskills.com/time. Uh, that's our time management um, uh, document. And what I what I'd realized in the past was. Okay, I'm, I'm passionate about financial literacy. I think that that's crucially important. I think a lot of players don't have a very good grasp or understanding of money. So no matter how well they do and how much money they're going to end up making, it usually ends up resulting in uh, bankruptcy and losing it all, right? You look at all the professional athletes, right? Now, that tends to be because we're not investing the time to learn those aspects, right? Um, uh, and uh, I'm seeing Paul, uh, PG, uh pg saying uh pg pcg7 saying perfect soccer 3e collab exclamation so we gotta we gotta get that in the works uh, uh oh so my point was that's an issue right but i think what i what i when developing that and creating that out i further realized you know what it actually is it's a time literacy right like understanding how to uh, account for your time, see your time. Most of us don't see our time passing. We're just kind of experiencing it, right? So um, quantifying your time in that, in that sheet helps you see how much of your time is actually being invested towards things that are, are going to push you towards your future goals and endeavors and how much time is being invested towards things that are keeping you where you're at or actually setting you back. So um, uh, now I, I appreciate that reference because I think that that's a that's a great resource for those who might be finding it difficult balancing all the different avatars you have right uh, yeah. fiance soccer player right. uh, sleep nutrition I mean new hobbies I think you said you were you learning piano or you learned piano the last five years as well too yeah 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 yep. so that that, that okay. pops up every now and again <laughs> so yeah. I, I think. Um, What's cool is having all those resources or having all those skill sets are very valuable uh, to a future version of yourself who might need those tools or resources. Yeah. Yeah. So for uh, be very specific, um, the intro to the podcast, I was able to produce that because back in college, I produced music and made beats with my friends, right? So like in the future when my business needed it, where maybe I would have had to pay a good amount of money to have someone do that. That's a skill set that I developed that I was able yeah. to translate into that. So, um, I think, I think all those, all the things that you touched on are really, are are I think common difficulties we're all finding with access to so much information, so many different directions, and being pulled um, every which way. So I, yeah, no, I appreciate that. That's. Um, that's dope. And then I saw, okay, Paul also asked a question. So not to go too far off because we could go into the weeds and, and everything. And I don't mind doing that. Uh, Paul had said, oh, Nico, do you own any NFTs? I do not own any NFTs. And this is my, this is kind of why I was like, Quincy is, 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 is going to be my, uh, almost my, um, my salesman on why this is a good market to get into. <laughs> um, NFTs for me, 
is, and this is what I'm saying. This is NFC. I would say, and if we talk about subcategories, is a subcategory of crypto. Um, yeah. And I, that's one that I have done research on. I looked into. I've been on the sites trying to see where you know the floor is at, and the next day, and like what is gonna you know projection of these projects versus. And I think that is one where it would it would take too much of my time. Um, where I almost want. And I see its growth and I see its potential and all that stuff. But the, my time is precious for me in terms of I want my investments to work for me more passively, essentially. Um, and I think NFTs would take too much time to either time the market or be involved in research that I don't have right now. Uh, I, don't, okay. I, don't, I don't currently own any NFTs now. Okay. Uh, all right. You know, it's funny because I was just talking with... Uh, it's funny how random how everything kind of comes together, right? Mike Mike McGee had hit me up a little bit earlier, and we had, we touched on uh, NFTs I think a couple months ago as well too, right? And he's very similar with relation to like I see it, I kind of want I want to get involved. It's important. Where's the time? How do I start? Where Where do I start? And uh, if speaking of time and timing, right? Uh, I uh, we just launched. Uh, uh, an NFT project that I've been helping develop, develop these last maybe like six or seven months. It's called uh, The Return of Sminem, right? So I don't know if you know who Sminem is. Sminem is the, he's a meme. He's, uh, he's, the, um, <laughs> he's the bringer of bull markets and green candles, right? So he is the representation of positive, great, good vibes and good times, right? And uh, an artist uh, by the name of QArt, who I had, uh, I had collected and purchased over on Foundation maybe six or seven months ago now had uh, uh secure had had met roman so roman is the name of the the guy behind the meme that went crazy viral like four plus years ago and uh brought the idea of how do we turn this into an nft project and community and uh i i, ju I jumped on board at the opportunity because uh similar to what you're talking about is what i learned and realized is the crypto space, the blockchain space, it's very daunting, overwhelming, overwhelming, and technically inclined, right? So I happened to come across Bitcoin back in, I want to say 2012, 2011, 2012, and really fell in love with the idea and was very enthusiastic about it and have been watching these markets and, and been involved in it play out for over a decade, right? Uh, when I saw NFTs uh, kind of hit hit the general public it was the first time that i saw it finally like resonate people could kind of understand it you know they could use it there's more there's a utility it wasn't just an idea right and that's where i went uh okay that's what's been missing that's that moment in time that's that experience and and um how do how do you secure that experience and and validate and authenticate things in a digital world right in the metaverse we're going more and more digital and for me it made me think to and realize that time is the most valuable, important component, right? And then you say time and location, and that can be secured on the blockchain, and now ownership yeah. can be verified at its source, right? So we've been talking on these platforms for quite a while now. Truth is true whether you believe it or not. Three S's of self-awareness, radical transparency, right? Um, ideas can be taken immediately, but if we can secure that idea to a point in time, we can now create a more equitable, honest process and system, yep. right? So, okay, going out broad, now bring it back specific. 
Um, this project is, I think, a great introduction into NFTs because it's purely what I would what I would say is join um, a project based on trying to find a community of people that you resonate with. So NFT space is much more about the community than the money, right? The game of playing the floor and all that. Those are advanced trading strategies. If you're if you if you're talking about from, and I'm not a financial advisor. Right? I'm just expressing and always, expressing. always the asterisks, always yeah. the asterisks. <laughs> From my, my own personal understanding of these is NFT, the NFT trading, the NFT market is the most, I think, difficult and dangerous market to get into because it's completely unregulated, right? Regulation will come eventually, but not before a lot of people will be scammed and taken advantage of and rug pulled and all of that. Uh, that's a big reason why we we created Evolve NFTs because of that, um, and educating individuals on what the true aspect and nature of NFTs and the, the the market should be. It should be the community. Uh, that community can be secured in the NFT. Holding the NFT should represent access to that community and participation in it. So as you invest time in that community, and that community is of value over time, it should pay dividends to you in life. Right. Um, I think, you know, I've heard many different things saying you're the sum of the, the five people you interact with most, spend the most time with, right? And um, I think with this online crypto space, you can get access to a lot of high-level individuals, uh, forward-thinking people and communities. Um, and that's, for me, what kind of the NFT space is from, a, you know, from the, how would I describe it? It's more... Most people are paying attention and are aware of it because some JPEGs are selling for like $200,000, half a million dollars, a million dollars. Right? Yeah. It's bringing a lot of attention. But I, I guess I'd like to share the, the, art, the art side, the artistic side, because, yeah, maybe you can make a whole lot of money in it, but the goal should be to enjoy and gain value from the community you're part of. You do that for long enough. In the long run, that can potentially create some passive uh, passive stream of income for yourself. So, uh, yeah, because that's what you touched on a little bit. Yeah, I think um, just kind of going off that too, I think a lot about like Gary Vee, who's, I think a lot of people know him. If you don't, you should look him up. There's all about NFTs there, but he created a whole um, NFT, NFT project as well, but it's more about connecting, I think, with the people than it is about making the money for him. And I think that's what you're kind of saying too. It's like, go into, and I like this, this is what I'm saying. I like what you're saying. Go into it more about how you can affect the people around you or the people in this particular space or community than to gain the insane <laughs> uh, growth from, you know, from buying a ape that's now selling for $3 million. <laughs> yeah. So I, I was going to say, I, I, I like that. And I think it, it reminds me of Gary Vee's project because he brought that all out. And if you buy one of his NFT projects or one of the tokens, I think you get access like based on whatever it is, based on its rarity or amount, but all of them have some sort of way of, you know, connecting with me or coming with like, you get a 30 minute call with me or you come into this Facebook group or something like that. So there's actually like a, there's another transaction happening, I guess, where 
there's a sense of community, which is really cool. I think that's that's a good way of looking at it. And I, I appreciate that much more than the appreciation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and the, the project you're talking about is VFriends. VFriends, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, uh, it's been interesting to watch that. that so we, I, I purchased a couple of those VFriends. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. at the, um, when he first kind of announced it, he did like a Dutch auction uh, approach at it. And I think he's the first large influencer to kind of enter that space. And it was, it was interesting to see how things uh, played out and also his limitations in understanding the crypto space, right? Um, from a from a technical aspect, from the utility aspect of where Ethereum was at at the time, and um, it's it's been very it's just been very insightful, right? Like um, how people entered the space, what they've taken from it, what they value, what they don't, what they're willing to pay how uh, the community, I think for the first time, is fully realizing that they have the power and control, which means they have the power and control to make the floor really high and the value very high for people to want to get in or participate, yeah. right? Um, but they also have the power to completely destroy the value of the entire community and the value of what they have yeah. um, just, just as quick, right? So... Um, and then what's good, why I think it's the truest form of value is, you know, as the floor gets to a certain level, and for those who don't know or understand, like the floor is the lowest priced uh, NFT or lowest priced token in a project that someone's willing to sell to the next person. And this is why I say the NFT space is a very dangerous space to come in to try to be a trader and flip and make money and invest because it's literally a game of... Um, uh, musical chairs and hot potato at the end of the day you need someone to buy your nft from you to make any money and if no one will buy it it's essentially worth zero right so it can go being worth 100 f and then tomorrow it can be worth zero um so it's a it's a dangerous game from that from that level but when the community is strong and the people are passionate and there's value happening in the private discords or the private channels where they're having conversations and connecting and having fun. Okay, your floor might be 10F, uh, which would be what, almost like $45,000 now. It could be 20F, it could be 30F, it could be 100F. But that also puts into question the member of the community of saying, okay, is the money worth not having access to these individuals, to this yep. network, to these conversations, right? And um, I think if your focus is on that and you've already touched on it and said that, right. When the focus is there, the value, the dollar amount will, will be reflected. Hmm. Uh, and I think for me, from what I've seen and being in the space, I feel like that's the best approach to take. It takes time. It takes the most time, but it's something that will stand the test of time. And I don't think people want to just keep rebuilding over and over and over again. Right. Uh, build it right. The first time um, that's, how I think about it, right? But I, I know everyone plays the game. Everyone plays the game how they want to play the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let me see what we got here. We got a couple questions on your who's. So let, okay, let, we've got we've gone deep into NFTs and stuff, and we can circle back with that as well too. Maybe some <laughs> some soccer soccer related stuff. Be, uh, yeah. uh, 
Spencer said, Nico doesn't know how to read. <laughs> I should have read that before, right? B. Spencer, is that your boy? Yeah, what do you say? Nico doesn't know how to read. I don't know how to read? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I've never, yeah, I've never read. <laughs> no, no, never read. YouTube, YouTube helps. That's why I learn a lot of stuff. <laughs> it's all video, <laughs> video form. <laughs> nice. Uh, M-E-L-E-T-I uh, dot Z-E-N-E-L-A-J said, Nico, who is the best player at uh, Minnesota? Oh, uh, you're with um, Houston now. No, right? I'm with Minnesota. Minnesota. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Okay, I got mixed up. Um, who is the best player at Minnesota training? Uh, it's always a tough one to ask. Mm, I mean, we have our number 10, Reynoso, who can do some crazy stuff. Um, does it at training as well. I think that's a, that's definitely the top pick. Um, guy's good. Guys, if you guys haven't watched him play, you need to watch him play because he can do some incredible things. <laughs> okay, let's see what we got here. How does, how does Nico, okay. How does Nico feel about his playing time? Getting into the career right away, huh? Yeah. yeah. Um, that's what I said. Okay, everyone's coming real. I said, oh, okay, we've been talking that. Well, you talked about you talked about transparency and awareness here, and so just we'll get straight to it, right? It's um, yeah. No, it's been it's been uh, I, it's been a lacking year, I would say for me. Um, both a couple injuries that I was out for about 15 weeks of the season, which is you know sometimes 16 plus games if you you know you have a couple Wednesday games. So not as I use that as an excuse, but um kind of as i was saying i said in my bio too it's kind of pursuing you know mental spiritual and physical growth to be able to play as long as possible so i think it is difficult at times to to figure out exactly what will help with the longevity of my career is what i was trying to say um and so this year has been it's been for me personally um not good enough in in a simple way of saying it um but i don't see that as a deterrent for moving forward i don't see it as a um end all be all um and i think you know the end of the season's here i've been you know just trying to stay healthy and and you know be a good locker room guy and you know at the end of the day i played 12 13 games of the season and that has a that has a effect of us if we go all the way to the end and win the MLS Cup you know um, whether it's a small effect or not I, I had I had an effect on it and I, I see a positive in that and but I also expect more of myself and, and want to contribute more I like that so I, I want to take a moment to 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 really like like highlight and give you a lot of credit for being able to and willing and open to be honest and sharing when you realize or see that it's not good enough, but that doesn't mean it is the end, right? Mm -hmm. And in order to grow and in order to learn how to have a long career, right? It's understanding that there are points like this that happen in your career, but what's most important is not denying uh, the role you could play have played in it or the role you can continue to play moving forward yeah right uh, one thing i see a lot of players uh tend to do is the whole idea of fake it till you make it mentality mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and it's like 
Well, look, having some confidence in yourself when you don't know if you can do something, okay, that gets you started, maybe going. But lying to yourself and telling yourself and others you were good enough or have done enough when you clearly haven't or maybe not clearly haven't, right, is not serving your future self in any capacity. Yeah. Most of the time I feel like then you also give external reasons as to why that hasn't happened. You know, coach doesn't like me or the system or I don't like the city or whatever it may be. Yeah. And and to that point, maybe all of those things are true. Yeah. Maybe that's true. Yeah, the coach hates you. Okay, at least you know. I'd rather know the coach doesn't like me than believe the coach likes me, do everything I think the coach wants, and then at the end of the day, it's a, hey, thanks or not, or no thanks at all, get out of here, right? Yeah. So, like, professional sports is being able – seeing how you can handle the truth, right? Like, and many players, in my opinion, that I've seen over time choose – to not accept and embrace the truth. And as a result, I believe they shorten the length of the career that they can have, mm-hmm. right? Because maybe, maybe the truth is you're scared of success and you don't want to be successful and you're not willing to tell people that, right? Yeah. Maybe the coach doesn't like you. Maybe it isn't this. Maybe, maybe you have had opportunity, but you weren't ready when opportunity came, so you look for a reason to do something else, right? Or, or not. The main thing, just like you, we've talked about earlier in terms of all the subcategories, all the information, all the things, right? There's a lot running at you throughout your career. It's, okay, you can come up with a bunch of excuses or reasons why you can't. What you need to do or what I believe is in the best interest of yourself is to come up with the one reason why you're going to do it anyway, right? Even though the coach doesn't like me, even though I don't have this opportunity, even though this, even though that, I'm still going to figure out a way to uh, make a positive impact, um, learn something from this experience and someone will see it might not be the person in the organization here but it might it might be the person um in the stands at the opponent of the game that you're playing and they talk to one person that person talks to another and now that's an opportunity for you you know down the line mm-hmm. so you you'd mentioned you know you played 12 games this year that's 12 that's 12 times that other people in other organizations could have seen you, mm-hmm. right? And if you showed up and you gave your best in 100% effort, that, though in the, sh- in the short term, you don't, might not see what results from that, the long term is where you kind of see that. And that's where we talk a lot about, hey, you could be in the worst time, worst mental space, all that stuff in, in where you are here, mm-hmm. but you in the best physical space to showcase why someone should be giving you an opportunity somewhere else. Yeah. No, I, I I appreciate you sharing that, man. Because I was gonna say, hey, the the fan the fans went straight, quick, deep. With, uh, <laughs> yeah. say, hey, okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, that that's that's big time, man. Like, yeah. No, a lot of people are are scared to share when they make a mistake or they didn't do enough or whatever, and I understand that. But uh, that's why I always like I like to point out that is that's good leadership you know that's accountability that's integrity like and uh i think we i don't think we do enough to acknowledge that aspect because that's really hard to do right um uh 
let's see. Uh, Sage of DBZ had asked, uh, how do you deal with mental blockages when returning from injury? So, okay, so you, you said you, you dealt with, you know, uh, a pretty prolonged injury here this year. Mm -hmm. um, do you have any advice for that? Yeah, I actually dealt with two. Um, I had two separate six to eight week injuries. Um, one was a quad with some tendon, another was a hamstring with some tendon. So uh, muscle injuries, I would say luckily versus breaking something or having to do surgery. Um, but I think so initially on the first one, that was actually right after preseason, right at the last, last preseason game, 50 minutes in, you know, gets, feel something, get subbed off, get the MRI, six to eight weeks. And I actually, I, doctor comes in, I, I, I hear from the PT in the, in the um, training room right before training. And I just, I, I just start crying a little bit, honestly. I just put my lid down on the table. I put my hand on my head and just was like kind of crying. Cause I was like, just got to the new team, was playing well, was like doing really good. And like this kind of injury is like, you know, I was excited about just starting the season. Um, yeah. And so I think I, I've noticed since I've had, you know, five years of some injuries, I would say a handful of injuries now where I notice and I have felt a pattern of kind of getting like a, and doing some research on this now that there is something as a uh, injury depression. Um, and so that was the first thing I actually told my physio right that first day. I was like, hey, I would like to speak to a therapist about this because this is something where I get very almost like it's, it's almost like you don't know, but it's like you get very moody, like little things would bother me, you know, whether it's driving, someone cuts you off or whatever it is. And I would like be bothered by it for hours. And it was I just I think I recognize it, especially when I saw the article the first time. I don't remember when it popped up or what I saw it on, but I like risen I, like just instantly resonated with me like wow i like and it's almost like you see it when you're not in it and i like i remember seeing the article title and being like yeah i've definitely had that like mm. i've 100 percent had that so i think with the injury stuff it's it's figure out also you know it, it takes time because you're gonna have to do two weeks of this and then another week of slow progression and four or five weeks of another slow so at the same time you could also work on things that are you know whether it be your self-confidence with the injury or with your own playing or your self-confidence outside of the sport or whatever it may be. Um, like speak on those things, talk to someone about it, be, be open and honest about that. And I think it's, it's easier said than done. Obviously. Um, I think talking today versus talking to me two months ago, if we did this two months ago, I would, like you were saying, I would totally, we would have a totally different conversation. And I think I've, even learned over the past six or seven months exactly you know reading reading the i mean i guess i can't read according to my boy but yeah. <laughs> reading the books that i've read and learning the things that i've done and like doing different things and finding different routines and all that stuff it's it's um it's almost like not a you do one thing and it's a giant change it's you do all these little small things small details every day and like progressively they start to ingrain in you and start to make you feel not feel better but actually be better um every day um and so i think that's kind of like my journey through this year for sure has just been figuring all the the msl out for sure <laughs> <laughs> shout, shout it out right yeah no i appreciate that man it, well it's a it's a it's become it's becoming a veteran man yeah you know right it's um it's maturing yeah and uh 
it's uh, it's a process. It takes time. It's difficult. It is not easy. And if anyone says it is, that, that's how you can quickly know who's lying to yeah. you. So if you, ever wanted, if you ever wanted to know who's lying, just tell, ask someone who tells you it's easy. Yeah. Uh, it, it can become easy, but only because you did the hard work. You went through it. You, you, uh, you, you invested in yourself and you came in with kind of like the right intentions, the right mindset. Um, and, and it takes time for people to see that. Right. And, uh, I, I hadn't heard that. So that, that's a great resource. I think we'll need to add that to our to the training center as well, too. You said it's uh, injury depression. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a new term. I haven't heard that before. But, yeah, um, yeah I guess I can really think back. I, obviously, I've, I've dealt with injuries in my, in my past. Something that I've done that's, I guess, I'm, I'm not happy when I get injured. But I do understand that injuries require time to come back from. So one thing that I definitely... I definitely share is uh, it's better to come back too late than too early, right? Yeah. So coming back two days early can reset your whole process. Coming back two days late means maybe you have two days to make up for in, in terms of training and stuff. Um, and really understanding whatever that process is from coming back, um, re immediately refocusing on the additional time and mental energy I'm now going to have towards advancing another avatar aspect of myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, you get an, you get a hamstring injury. Let's say you tear your hamstring and it's going to be anywhere from four to six weeks. In my mind, it's already saying six weeks, right. Plus two days. Yeah. And I'm going to rush back and I'm not going to do two. Yes. There's going to be a game and the coach is going to say this and all of that. But what I've seen and what I understand is uh, being a player who can tell a coach, um, you know, maybe a coach doesn't want to hear it's going to take you six weeks. So giving context, right? They want you to play today. Can you tomorrow? It's four weeks. Uh, is your, oh, I saw you moving a little bit. You're good. Right? You know what I'm <laughs> nice, nice shuffles. Can you play? Yeah. <laughs> hey, those are great shuffles. Can you start? Can you play? And you as a player, yeah, you want to play. You go, oh, yes. Okay. Get to the six weeks. Get to whatever the time is. Yep. And the reason for that is if you come back four weeks early or the two weeks early and you play and then you re-injure it or you're only able to go at 80%, that's what everybody thinks your 100% is. So you're not doing yourself any favors. No. Right? And you're, risking, yeah, and you're yeah. risking it because the chance that you're likely to re-injure is higher, right? But those are external pressures, very subtle pressures that you get to at different times in your career. And it's, yeah. it's confidence in yourself that, this will not be the only game and only opportunity you have. It might look like it. It might feel like it, you know? Um, and uh, it might be, right? But chances are probably not. And it definitely might be if every time you get there, you have an injury or you get setback or, or that, right? So, like, those are um, – I, I, I align with that. I think those are – this. it's great. It's great advice because – navigating the system navigating yourself learning yourself as you grow you mature your goals and ideas change is is um is is a process it's a journey yeah. and um yeah no i even you pointing out to the fact that you said you know raising your hand saying hey maybe speaking to a therapist is something i'm needing i think that that's that's uh, awesome yeah. um i know i also know we we get limited in time so i think we've got maybe like five minutes five or a couple five to ten minutes before Instagram will kick us off. 
Um, like we got one more question, or we got to, we'll take another question from the audience, and then Nico, whatever you want to discuss for the last you know five minutes or so, questions yeah. for the questions for me. Yeah, uh, want to just promote and shout out stuff for five minutes straight. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, exactly. whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, Steve O. Stevenson said, can we talk about MLS players moving around the league and what it's like moving your family around? Oh, wow. I mean, now it's been three for me. You, have you, how many are you at? Um, <laughs> okay, San Jose, New York, Red Bulls, Toronto FC, Chicago, San Jose again, Montreal, D.C., Las Vegas, now Oakland. Yeah. So, a lot. You know, yeah. <laughs> so maybe I should almost give you the floor, but um, oh, oh, please, well, yeah, that was just recent for you, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I think it there's pros and cons to it for sure. I think the pros are it offers um, it offers flexibility for players to, for example, for me before I came to Minnesota. I, or sorry, when I went from Columbus to Houston, I was under the same contract. So they were just able to, you know, move me, little fee, and, you know, gives me a new opportunity to be in a new city, um, new environment, new coaching, uh, style, staff, players. And it was at the time something I really needed. Um, and it was really beneficial for me, you know. Um, and then, so I think I would say that's a pro players are able to kind of move in terms of you're kind of saying like based on their contracts, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. But the con is it is very hard. I think guys that have families for sure. Um, it's very difficult. I think, you know, you don't even talk about the person that for guys that are, you know, in relationships, um, no matter what the seriousness of that may be moving in a relationship is very, very difficult. Um, because it's not just one person having to move and experience all the new. It's also another person or maybe two other small people. One yeah. to seven. I don't know who's got seven. There's probably someone who's got a lot of kids in the league, right? I don't know who, but um, maybe Ozzy's Ozzy, Ozzy, no, only got three. Someone's probably got a lot of kids. But, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's – I would say it's probably more difficult than it is beneficial but there are instances where guys need something different. And actually, I got a good comparison is um, my friend Tommy, uh, Thomas McNamara. Tommy Mack went from Houston, um, ended up going to New England, just, you know, has been, I think he played almost every game, 30 plus games out of the 34, just won the Sporter Shield. You know, new opportunity for him, um, awesome opportunity for him. And see where it takes him, you know, see where it takes him this year. It takes, it takes, one year to have something like that happen. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know, Quincy, you've moved a lot and then you probably, some of them you would say, I don't know if half of them you say that was great and the other half you would say, oh my God, like that was a oh. interesting, yeah. Yeah, uh, I would say, I'd say uh, what I think myself, my, my now wife, right? My wife of four years now um, and have seen throughout this time because we've dated ever since uh since uh college right so um she was running professional track all over the world i was getting traded uh across the the country and league <laughs> so we're 
managing yeah. that aspect of our of our lives and our relationship and then eventually when we settled down in san jose had our first uh son and then uh you know by the time i had got to montreal she got pregnant with our second and then we had him when we were in dc i think the the dynamics of maintaining and and um a family is like an organization right it's like a business there's just like there's a lot of moving parts yeah lot of shareholders there's a lot of responsibility right there's a lot of there's a lot of business unhappy investors on <laughs> very unhappy investors right and, and then there's uh you know then there's the people who are supposed to be uh paying the bill and maybe they're they're delaying payment for a while and or now they want to offer you less than what they were saying because they you know just because they can or because they don't like there's there's so many dynamics yeah. right there's yeah. so much stuff at play I think from a from a positive lens and view is they've all been unique experiences that I think have been invaluable to my experience and understanding yeah. as a entrepreneur. I right? agree. With that. I agree. From that angle, so when I was looking at those moments in time of every time, you know, when I get traded or moved, whether it was because the you know the general manager was an idiot or the technical director didn't know what he's doing or the coach was uh, stupid or I was an idiot and I didn't know what I was doing and whether regardless if it was me or them for me it was looking at it like okay what was the role that i played which could have led to potentially it being me even if it wasn't mm -hmm. that just gives me some level of ownership it allows me to have something of the process that belongs to me that's my experience it's my perspective it's unique to me it's an nft right yeah i hold i hold it in my wallet yep. it belongs to me no one can take it without offering me an adequate price for it and if nobody thinks it's worth anything, well, that's okay because it's worth something to me, and I like the artistic value of it, right? If one day in the future someone thinks that art is worth a billion dollars, a trillion dollars, okay. But if not, at the end of the day, it's mine. I like it because it's mine, and I put my life's work and energy and effort into that. So there's value in it from that from that lens, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I I look at it. And that's how I chose to, to look at it. Because at the end of the day, how you look at something is your choice. It's your decision. You can look at it or not. You can believe it or not. Yeah. You can think it through or not. Right? So that's where you have autonomy. And I think you even touched on a little bit earlier in the call. Like, it's the little things that add up slowly over time and consistency. Mm -hmm. Right? Which is what will determine if there's the, the result, the outcome, the accolade, the award, the position that you want. Yeah. Well, we, we, I, I spoke on it a lot more, I'd say, in early Ask Soccer Pro Show episodes. So some of the OGs on here might uh, be aware, but it's uh, linear versus exponential thinking, right? And I, I like this one. I'll, I'll, I'll pitch this one at you uh, to see where we're at. But we, we, we as humans, at least in my understanding of being a human, right, uh, find it very difficult to be able to think exponentially. And this is a thought experiment that is a great uh, example of that. So... Uh, the question I pose to you is I say, okay, and you go, I'm going to either pay you $50,000 cash right now or, or send you a, an NFT worth $50,000 of your choice right mm -hmm. now, right? Or I'm going to give you one penny every day for 30 days, but mm -hmm. I'll double it. I'll double it every day. So today you get one penny, tomorrow you get two, day three you get four, 16 pennies, 32 pennies, 64 pennies, right? $1.24, yeah. $2.56, right? that already got you like day eight with like $2.56. Do you choose 
the penny a day doubled or you choose a fifty thousand uh, dollars cash so based on who i am there would be a lot of prior research to this and and some mathematics done but i think i end up the i've, I've heard that obviously before um mm -hmm. and the double pennies ends up being quite a bit of money um how yeah, much money I, I don't remember how much it is. i just i probably need about 10 seconds to throw it in the calculator but <laughs> yeah no calculator this one say we got to use our brains here yeah so is it more or less than fifty thousand dollars it's more okay how much more i think it ends up being a lot more i remember seeing this and i, I but i can't remember if it's <laughs> ah yeah but I think I think I would, I would I would probably choose just and I think it's just prior knowledge and this is so good for my own research and my own experiences. I know that the penny situation is to always pick the penny situation because well not always, but if you knew I know it adds up and I know that waiting thirty days is better than that instant gratification of the fifty. Got it. Okay. okay. And that and the, I think what's good with that is even if you know it's like a trick or, or there's something to it and you just pick the penny a day, the next question is good is saying, okay, well, how much more than 100 uh, or how much more than 50,000 is it? And I think it's well over two and two and a half million dollars. I was going to say it's in the millions. Yeah. Right? I couldn't remember. And it's very hard for us to even conceptualize or to understand that. That's what, you know, being a pro is people are seeing the two million dollars or two and a half million dollars today, but they're not realizing when you were when you were earning that penny a day or a penny a month, getting up, doing the work, all of that kind of stuff. They see you when you're out there on the field and you make it look easy. So then I could do that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's that, it's that catch 22. Uh, even thinking that it made me just think of a, an alternative, like what's a scenario in which I, I thought, of, I thought of a scenario in which taking the 50,000 would make more sense is if you, you take the 50,000 and you could go buy, you know, 500,000 people's penny a day because they would want that instead. No, I was just trying to think. Because you, you had you'd mentioned, you just said, uh, well, most times you'd want to pick the penny, but there might be situations or circumstances where maybe the 50, 000, the 50 would make sense. Oh, yeah. And that would be if you knew how to make over two plus million dollars in 30 days without uh with fifty thousand dollars well maybe at one point even you're saying you get today so if you're at two million go back you know 29 28 you keep going back maybe at some point you're like hey i'll give you a hundred thousand if i can have your so i'll double yours if i can have your penny situation like you were just saying so maybe you wait like 20 days then you flip that that's a good yeah that's an interesting situation <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> okay, and that, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was going, oh, okay, fun. Yeah, because then there's the compounding effect, and you're also saying, okay, at what point in time is that $50,000 worth or valuable to you? If it's just going to be sitting there yeah. for a year, yeah. not working for you, how can that be working for you, right? So the dollar amount should be a representative. It should be representing you somewhere else. Mm -hmm. so we say capital flow. It should, it should flow. It's like money. Or sorry, it's like blood, right? If it stops moving, it stops pumping, you're dead. Yeah. And it's uh, showing, showing creative ways in which you can, you can 
Uh, yeah, you can be a part of the process of the flow and distribution of that. You mentioned the word transaction earlier as well, too, right? Like blockchain transactions, confirming those transactions, securing it in NFTs, providing value, building community, circulating that. Um, yeah, no, it's, inter it's interesting stuff because I was just thinking like, okay, yeah, once you get to a position or, or level where you say, okay, well, I could, I could compound that $50,000 at a greater rate than one penny a day in 30 days, in the crypto market, in the NFT market, fifty thousand can turn into five million in thirty days, right? Definitely. Mm -hmm. Those are interesting things to think about. I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but um, it's, what we're offering here is there's a unique path on every person's destination, I guess. So whatever the destination may be, even if it is out for, there are unique ways to get there. But I think picking the right investments or picking the right, and this is kind of alluding to what I said earlier, it's, it's different for everybody. There's all these different ways to invest. It's like picking the right one for you. Sometimes you have to make mistakes as well, but finding the right sacrifice, and it might not be monetarily, it could be time, like you've mentioned a lot of. Um, it could be friendships, it could be relationships, um, but finding out what the right thing to invest yourself in and the things you gotta bring around. I, I, the thing that you mentioned about the five people around you too it's like it should be five people that challenge you each day not people that are you know just nodding their head with you each day people that are challenging you <laughs> have you seen okay that made me laugh because i was gonna say have you seen it play out yet where the individual has like five yes men just to them every day have you seen how that's played out yet no oh <laughs> Well, when that when that happens, let me know because that one's an interesting one. They're probably all just sitting in the garage, just like we'll figure it out, yeah, or something like that, yeah. <laughs> well, like hey, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's a but that's a good point. Where you say like having someone who challenges you is a positive, but it can be very difficult to see that sometimes because what we want is people to validate our feelings, validate what we think, validate what we yeah. believe, validate what we're doing. And um, not every not every time is what you're doing the best or the or right or considerate of those around you, right? And those who are willing to challenge you are are at least showing you in some degree like a level of respect, right? And also, I feel like for myself, there's an appreciation for that because they have conviction in what they believe. Obviously, you know, not everybody who's challenged you is open to other ideas, and they're challenging in ignorance, yeah. but. Uh, it also keeps you sharp, right? Iron sharpens iron, so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, bro. Okay, well, was there, because I, I, I don't know if you know me, but I can go on and on and on and on. <laughs> I probably could too. I definitely could be. <laughs> yeah. um, was, there, was there anything, uh, was there anything specific you wanted to talk about? Any questions you had as related to literally anything? Um, or like I said, anything you wanted to promote or shout out or talk about or both? Before we wrap it up uc davis first of all mm. i don't know if you know this but i i grew up in davis too no i didn't know i i literally heard uh i heard you say davis and then i went okay uh i wasn't sure if that was uc davis or not um and that's what near a club or play at davis legacy but i don't okay. know i don't know how much older you are than me i, I think like i barely did you play in college with Chris Schultz? 
Schultz? No. 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 Did you no. play with Ramon? Ramon uh, Martin Del Campo? No, no, no. I, I didn't, but I would have in Las Vegas. Yeah. Uh, I, that was the first time I got connected with him right okay. before I joined and all that stuff kind of happened and uh, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. So I would have, but I'm from Davis Okay. and uh, I just missed those guys. So I'm third. I just turned 34. I know I look 24, you know, I've been taking care of the that's body. 13 years where right? you started at 13, huh? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 13 year pro. 13 year old. Yeah. yeah okay. I'm the first contract. 13 yeah, years, yeah. You know, difficult, but we figure it out. No problem. Um, <laughs> No, yeah. So, okay, you played in Davis. Did you? Uh, did you? Did you? Uh, did you know uh, uh, Jamil uh, and Jaleel Anibaba? Yeah. Sule in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I knew all them. Yeah. That was. Uh, I I lived with uh, Jamil and Sule when I first got to UC Davis. When you came early before uh, the year the year started. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Live, the optional. Live with yeah, yeah, the op yeah the, the optional, optional training, right? Optional mandatory trainings. Yeah, that you should do. Cap um, Captain's optional training. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The house was behind the the grad, uh, just behind the street on the grad. Oh man, that was a good time. So like sleeping on the floor in the in the house, like just. We were at the grad often. My mom's my mom's boyfriend used to work. My her old boy ex boyfriend used to work there, so we were there all the time too. Yeah. <laughs> But I was going to say, I've probably seen you play when I was younger. Because I was trying to think about it. I used to watch a lot of UC Davis games. Because um, our coach was kind of involved. And so we would take us to the game sometimes. Yeah, it was kind of funny. So I'm almost like, I probably used to like look up to you. Like, well, look at these guys playing in, in college. <laughs> <laughs> That's not tough. Look at that like, old man. No, I'm kidding. Look, yeah. <laughs> look, at, that old guy. look yeah. at that old guy playing up there. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. I think of and it was a uh, what was I, or even here with the roots, uh, with Max, uh, I was on I was on his podcast. He's got the minute um, marathon minute podcast that he does with his dad, and uh, was on it. And him and his dad had came to the the San Jose Earthquakes game where I I'd scored that chip goal against Portland, right? Yeah. So it's full circle there. And then Moonby, who's on the team as well too, he just turned twenty. He was like, yeah, I was with the uh, San Jose Academy. Like four, it was fourteen or fifteen years old then. And was watching you, yeah. and I'm just like, look at look at that, bro. Like, yeah. that's crazy. Now I'm 24 years old. That's crazy. You guys were watching me, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about like you're saying the the what you might be affecting from your time. And it's like that. Like people are seeing from way back then. Yeah. Ah, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Whether it be your yeah. life personally or somebody else's life. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. And I, yeah, I think it's like you don't understand impact. You don't. Tr you can't truly understand impact until years later. Yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess what it's making me realize as well too is like because I came out of Bakersfield, California, and I didn't, I didn't have any connections in the soccer space, and I didn't come from like a prolific club or anything like that. Yeah. You've always had a bottom and just keep working your way up and through you know no. so
Quincy Ameriqua here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you would like us to interview next, we'll get working on it right away. You can re-listen to this episode and all our other interviews, episodes, and audio shows over at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today. Thanks again, and see you guys in the next episode.